Hello, everyone. <clears throat> Welcome back to another episode of Airing It Out, Files from Leahy's Locker Room. And I want to welcome you back. Uh, it's been uh, a little over a week since uh, I've been with you. Uh, the last uh, podcast episode I did was with the voice of the Providence College Friars, Mike Logan. And uh, life's been a little bit busy over the last week and a half. So uh, happy to be back with you today with the uh, next episode of the podcast. And we're going to be talking about interviewing today which is uh, a skill that I think uh, all broadcasters should be good at and, and we all could uh, stand to use uh, a little bit more practice in it. Uh, it's a very important part of the job and I'd like to share my thoughts with you today on, on interviewing and uh, we'll get right into it. So I think uh, a lot of play-by-play uh, -play announcers uh, have problems with interviews because I think the primary reason is um, they don't listen while interviewing. It's very important to be a, a creative listener uh, when you're uh, doing interviews. And uh, I think what that means is uh, you have to be able to uh, follow up on responses you get. I think a lot of times uh, interviewers are focused on what they're going to ask next and not paying attention enough uh, to what is said. Uh, by the uh, person that's being interviewed. So I think there's some guidelines that you can follow and I'll share my tips about uh, about how I think interviewing should go effectively. And I borrowed some information uh, for this episode uh, from a couple of uh, my favorite sources. And uh, I'll be uh, talking about, uh, in future episodes, I'll be talking about uh, books that I've read in broadcasting that I think should be on every broadcaster's bookshelf. But a couple of the books uh, that I used uh, to help me with some ideas for this chapter. One of them is called The Art of Sportscasting by Tom Hedrick, and the other one is Call of the Game by Gary Bender. So um, I'll be uh, borrowing some ideas uh, from those books and also talking about uh, some ideas on my own. But I think uh, the objective, well, first of all, for uh, interviews is you want to have some obje objectives in mind. I think uh, you want to get a sense of the person's uh, personality. You want to draw out the uh, interviewee's personality. You want to get some original thoughts that uh, fans uh, probably have on their minds, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. And uh, you want to lend insight into uh, a personality or situation. So uh, you, you always want to be on the lookout for new information that will uh, enhance uh, your broadcast. And uh, you know, some broadcasters are uh, have a tough time with interviewing because they have somewhat of a timid personality, and uh, they kind of shy away from asking pointed questions. And uh, I think that's probably the wrong approach. I think you have to be uh, willing to get to the heart of the matter, but you can do it in a dignified, respectful way, uh, which I'll also get to. One of the uh, interviewers that I think was the greatest of all time in sports was Howard Cosell. And uh, Cosell did one of the most uh, uh, pointed interviews of all time with Muhammad Ali. And Cosell, his uh, uh, approach was that uh, he's going to tell it like it is. And uh, he's going to get to the bottom of it. Bob Costas was another, uh, is another tremendously skilled interviewer. And uh, he had a whole uh, program devoted to interviewing guests. It was called Later with Bob Costas. And uh, 
If you ever watch Bob Costas do an interview, you'll see uh, just how excellent he is. I think one of the things that can help too is uh, watching uh, clips of great interview shows like on YouTube with, with uh, Johnny Carson and Larry King. Larry King also wrote a whole uh, book on the subject, but uh, you, we talk about being good listeners. Uh, those two guys uh, were the best of all time in uh, getting their uh, interview uh, subjects to kind of open up. Um, you always want to be thinking of the next question, but you also want to be an active, uh, creative listener. I typically uh, prepare some questions beforehand. I have some notes when I go into an interview, and uh, you know, I always, uh, I always want the interview to flow to flow uh, smoothly. So I, I always have in mind what I want to ask, but I always try and be as as active and uh, as captive a listener as I can because you will really miss. Uh, some potentially good information if, if you're not uh, really tuned in, and that involves body language. Uh, you really have to be tuned in and really focus on, on what the interview subject is saying. And uh, I'll talk a little bit about uh, post-game interviews as well. Uh, you know, a lot of times you'll be interviewing athletes either uh, before or even sometimes during the game, but most of the times after the game. And I have some uh, tips that I'd like to share with you on that subject as well. But uh, we'll get to that, to that in a few moments. But I think uh, the first step in, in being a good interview is preparation. You know, uh, you have to uh, uh, really research your guest. You have to research uh, what uh, your guest has been up to, background, history, and how uh, the uh, achievements of the guest have uh, fit into the program. And... Uh, you, you have to listen very carefully. I can't stress that enough. You have to play off uh, what you hear, uh, do your homework, and uh, you know, don't shy away from pointed questions. And I think if you have to ask questions that get to the nitty gritty, I think first you have to uh, uh, gain the trust of your interview uh, subject, which I think is very important. Now, uh, I often interview coaches and managers uh, for the course of my broadcasts, and one of the things that I have to do, uh, what I think I need to do to have success is build rapport uh, with the guest. And, you know, in baseball, it's fairly easy because you're, you're there every day. Uh, you talk to the manager uh, informally, like at the batting cage or perhaps in his office. And, you know, it's through those daily interactions that you can kind of build rapport. And uh, when it does come time to do an interview, you know that uh, the interview subject can trust you, is not going to try and throw you under the bus, so to speak. So I think building rapport is, is very, very important uh, with your interview subject. Um, prepare, know as much as you can. Uh, Roy Firestone of ESPN was another outstanding uh, interview uh, uh, interviewer, I should say, and uh, he seemed to know everything about his guests. He knew how to, what would be considered a bottomless pit of knowledge. And uh, Roy had a great um, uh, tendency to put his subjects at, at ease. And I think if you're able to put your subject at ease, uh, then you, you'll get a, a more natural flow of, of responses because they feel like they can trust you. I talked about that a few moments ago, but uh, you also have to know when to pull back, uh, let the picture, so to speak, tell the story, and uh, always be sensitive to another person's uh, dignity uh, when asking them tough questions. You know, uh, one of the greatest books I've ever read was a book by uh, Dale Carnegie. It's called How to Win Friends and Influence People. 
And I try and follow the principles of that book when I approach doing an interview. You know, uh, that book talks about great subjects like, uh, you know, never hurting a man in his prime. Don't ever tell uh, someone he's wrong. You know, respect the opinions of others. And uh, begin in a friendly way. You know, uh, these are some uh, topics that certainly apply to the human interaction of interviewing. And as I said, I think being sensitive to someone's dignity sets the tone for the interview and it puts them at ease and uh, it helps you uh, have a smoother interview. Now, the subject uh, sometimes doesn't have to answer questions, but you still have to ask the question. I, I don't think you're doing your job properly if you don't. Uh, there have been uh, questions that, that we've asked of coaches that uh, they prefer not to answer, or perhaps they'll give a limited answer. You have to respect the right of the coach uh, not to uh, want to answer the question, but you know you still have to ask the question. And, and you know you can also ask a, a follow-up question. Uh, and again, depending on the coach's personality, he'll either uh, choose to decline to answer the question or he'll answer in a limited way. And again, that is their right. But I think as, as uh, a journalist, you're, uh, you're obligated to, to ask those questions and follow up. And uh, you never want to alienate the subject uh, of the interview. Uh, you know, again, it, it always begins with a friendly approach and a small talk. Uh, is uh, certainly good to get the ball rolling just to put the subject uh, at ease. And uh, you have to really hear the answers, really hear the answers and be willing to be flexible and to be creative uh, to break new ground, as Roy Firestone would say. And uh, I think the best interviewers are ones that learn <clears throat> to follow up on answers. And I'd like to talk about one of the things that uh, you don't want to do as an interviewer. Uh, you don't want to over-talk when you're interviewing and asking questions. <clears throat> um, you want to conduct the interview in the fewest number of words possible. Be efficient with your words. Keep your questions short and simple. Um, there's nothing worse than having an interviewer, uh, you know, uh, phrase a question in, it takes them three or four minutes to ask the question and uh, it becomes convoluted. And the interview subject winds up saying, well, what was the question again? Uh, you don't you you don't want to ask ambiguous questions. Uh, you want to uh, you want to stay away from uh, convolution and, and ambiguous questions. And uh, there are always certain hidden agendas in the way people phrase things. So you have to have that uh, sensory acuity, uh, really, to be aware of what's being said and look for look for deeper meanings uh, that you can probe with follow up questions. And uh, you know these are just some tips that I've learned over the years. You want to find a common ground uh, with the subject. And we talked about establishing rapport and trust. And, you know, you, you kind of want to take the interview where the subject leads it. You know, uh, the subject that you're talking to is the expert <clears throat> on the uh, topic. And you want to let the uh, interview flow, but not losing sight of uh, your objective. And that's to find... Uh, topics or information that the average fan doesn't know. I think Gary Bender made a great point. He, he, uh, he says when he approached an interview, he always asked, you know, what does the average fan, what would the average fan want to know or ask this person? You know, and uh, the, the objective, of course, is to get a response. You, you don't want to make open-ended uh, probes. Uh, you, sorry, you do want to make uh, open-ended probes uh, just to try and uh, get the uh, interview 
subject to uh, expand. Uh, what I mean by that is you don't want one word answers. You know, you don't want to have questions where uh, the interview subject says yes or no or uh, you know, I don't know, you know, so you want to really try and get as expressive an answer as possible. And the way you do that is you ask questions uh, that begin with who, what, where, when, how, and why. And that, uh, those types of questions lend to uh, specific answers. Uh, also, another thing is being able to pause effectively, you know, uh, that gives the uh, interviewee uh, time to think and uh, pose his answers intelligently. Uh, you want to have a purpose to the interview. Stay away from things like uh, cliches. And uh, another thing is when you're, when you're interviewing a guest, you have to remember that they're the star. Uh, take no more than, I would say, 20 seconds uh, to introduce the subject. You want to make sure that you pronounce the person's name correctly and uh, give uh, background information, but keep it very short. Uh, keep it no more than 20 seconds. And again, if you watch great interview shows uh, online, uh, people like Johnny Carson and Larry King, uh, you can find those videos on YouTube and just study how, uh, how they interact uh, with their guests. Uh, they always have the uh, tendency to listen well. Uh, they're flexible in their approach. And they also, they're also willing to deviate. And uh, those types of things help to pursue kind of spontaneous reactions and uh, the bottom line I think that I'm trying to say here is good interviewers are good listeners and uh, you also want to maintain good eye contact. Uh, pay attention to body language. You know, if the uh, person being interviewed is slumped or uh, fidgeting or doing any anything like that, you can get the feeling that uh, uh, the subject is uncomfortable and you might want to change course. Uh, how you act as an interviewer sets the tone. Uh, how you approach an interview uh, with someone uh, kind of sets the tone for how they're going to respond. You know, if you're lighthearted uh, when you come into the uh, interview uh, process, if you're lighthearted and friendly and conversational, that might give the message that, hey, you know, we're going to have some fun here and uh, we'll, uh, you know, we'll get to the, the heart of the matter, but, you know, we'll have a little bit of fun here. But if you approach it with a serious tone, uh, then the, uh, the interviewer, the interview subject might uh, be a little defensive. So I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but you know how you approach the interview also helps to set the tone. Um, and the best interviews are ones in which responses come from the heart, you know, where there's uh, emotion involved. That's another thing you have to pay attention to, the emotion of uh, the interview subject. And that might give you a golden opportunity to follow up with some good uh, follow-up questions. Gain trust, uh, you know, that, that really helps with the tough questions. And uh, when, you might also be in a situation where you have to interview someone about something controversial. And you want to ease into that. Uh, perhaps you might uh, talk about um, the good, some of the good things that have happened, you know, some of the uh, positives that the athlete has uh, been involved with in terms of, you know, uh, his performance or her performance. And, you know, that, again, kinds, uh, tends to build uh, rapport and trust. And then you can just kind of ease your way into anything that might be controversial. There was a great interview that I uh, read about, and it, was, it involved Bobby Knight, the legendary basketball coach at Indiana. And Bob had a history of uh, not particularly dealing well uh, with the media. 
And Gary Bender, who was uh, the network uh, announcer who conducted the interview, uh, you know, uh, talked about, you know, some uh, more lighthearted things that were relevant to the broadcast, just kind of eased his way in. And then uh, he asked Bob about uh, the time he uh, threw a chair across the court. So in effect, it's like warming up the interview subject. You want to warm them up and, uh, you know, get them feeling a little bit at ease. And then you can kind of ease your way into the interview if you have to deal with controversial subjects. Now, I want to talk about a little bit about uh, post-game interviews. There may be times in your career where you're asked to go down and uh, interview perhaps the coach or manager of a losing team in a uh, championship setting. And uh, I got the, these tips from uh, my good friend John Chelesnik, who's over at the Sportscasters Talent Agency of America. He's the CEO. And, uh, you know, I get, uh, I get regular emails uh, from John uh, regarding tips in the business. But I wanted to share this because I think it's, uh, I think it's so very important, and I think every broadcaster should uh, be sensitive to how to handle a post-game interview after a very tough loss. And here are the points that John talks about, and I'll just briefly touch on each one. Uh, the first one he, he mentions is you want to keep the interview shorter than normal. Uh, that's kind of an awkward situation for both you and the person being interviewed. Uh, the person you're interviewed in all likelihood doesn't want to be there. And uh, I'm sure it's going to be difficult for you uh, because you don't know how teams and coaches are going to respond to loss. Uh, even though you might well know the personality of the coach or the manager, you don't know how they're going to respond to loss. So it, it's not like a typical interview per se. Uh, you want to keep it as short as possible. And, uh, you know, it's kind of the get in, get out mentality. You, the second thing is you want to talk about positives. You know, uh, what the team uh, did, how uh, the coach felt the team learned and grew uh, through the experience, perhaps uh, an individual who performed well. Uh, you know, the team is feeling badly at that point. The coach is feeling badly at that point. So uh, you want to try and touch on uh, anything that might be positive in that situation. And a corollary to that is the next point. Ask, what did you learn about your team or what did the team learn? And again, that goes very uh, closely hand in hand with focusing on the positives. And it might make the coach feel better because he, in that moment, could focus on what the team needs to do to get better. So uh, it's always good to focus on the positive. Ask, ask about feelings or emotions. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a gut-wrenching experience. And, uh, you know, it's, it's never a wrong thing to try and get a sense of, of how uh, the team process things and, and how they feel about things and specific emotions that you might uh, see on the, on the court or the ice or whatever. Uh, don't ask what went wrong because you're likely to get uh, a very short, uh, curt answer like, well, you know, I, I'd have to view the film. I have to look at the film. And uh, yeah, that's probably not a thing that a coach would want to focus on at that particular time. And don't offer your opinion on what went wrong. Uh, because quite frankly, no one cares. No one wants to uh, hear your opinion. Your opinion is not the one that matters. It's, uh, it's one of the coach, but again, it, that may not be something that uh, the coach wants to reflect on in a, a very sensitive situation. And you, you know, it, there's, a, there's big differences between interviewing uh, the winning team in, after a championship than the losing team, obviously. In the winning locker room, there's a lot of distractions. You know, there's champagne being popped, you know, everybody's uh, 
joyful and, and jubilant and you know you have a job to do and there's a lot of distractions you know so uh you know you have to be cognizant of that but you know your emotions obviously in those two situations are completely different when you walk into a, a winning uh, locker room you know you, you can be a little more upbeat you can be uh you know certainly not as somber as in the losing locker room you have to conduct yourself my point i guess is you have to conduct yourself with with sensitivity when you walk into the losing locker room uh, because obviously the team is uh, is uh, not happy with the loss. The coach or manager isn't happy with the loss. So, I mean, that's just common sense. But, you know, it's amazing. Sometimes we lose sight of the little things, uh, lose track of the little things. So, again, it's uh, it's important to, to have that sensitivity uh, when you uh, walk into the uh, losing locker room. And it's uh, things that we, we all may have to uh, uh, prepare for. And, you know, again, if you've, if you've done your homework and, and uh, you have a sense of, of what went on in terms of trends and whatnot, uh, you know, you can, you'll have a better chance of having success um, in those types of, of interview situations. So uh, just to kind of give a quick summary on what I feel is important in terms of interviews, you want to you keep your questions short. Again, you want to keep your questions short. Always remember that the interviewee, the interview subject is the star. Uh, you know, your question should be very quick and to the point, maybe between 20 and 30 seconds. Let the interviewer uh, keep it that short. Let the interviewee, the interview subject, expand on their knowledge. Remember, they're the guest, they're the star. Uh, no one wants to hear about, uh, you know, you going off on a tangent and kind of convoluting things. Always remember that the interview subject is the star. Keep your questions short. Don't ask convoluted questions. You know, have uh, one question in mind and then uh, prepare with a follow-up. Always ask follow-up questions. If you're a good, a creative listener, uh, you'll be able to uh, get to those follow-ups and search for them and uh, be a very acute listener. Uh, I find there's a couple of different types of interviews. Uh, there's the conversational type of interview and then there's the get-to-the-point interview. The conversational type interview is just what it says. It's a conversation. And in baseball, you know, you're more likely to have a, an interview like that where it's kind of a back and forth and it is uh, more lighthearted than a get to the point interview. You know, you, you have to pay attention to time constraints too. If you don't have a whole lot of time, you might have to get to the, uh, the interview, get to the point of the interview quickly. And so you may have to approach it differently. But, you know, I, I have a tendency to uh, treat my interviews in uh, somewhat of a conversational manner, but I never lose sight of getting to the point. And again, depending on the type of interview and the time you have, that'll kind of dictate uh, what uh, kind of interview style uh, you're going to need. Again, uh, I'll stress it again. You want to gain the trust of the person you're interviewing. And I think it all starts with having genuine interest in people. I think uh, to be a successful interviewer, I think uh, you want to have genuine interest in people and, and put them at ease, you know. And uh, the way you uh, can develop those skills is by your body language. You know, show the person that uh, you're interested in what they have to say. Uh, show the person that uh, you are uh, willing to learn from that individual. And another part of it is eye contact. 
You know, when you're interviewing a person, you don't want your eyes to wander uh, because that gives the impression that you're not paying attention. Uh, you, might, you might be listening to what the person is saying, but you're not really hearing what the person is saying. And part of that is really being engaged uh, with your interview subject. So maintain eye contact. I mean, you obviously don't want to stare the person down, but uh, maintain eye contact. Uh, use your body language to indicate that you are uh, actively listening uh, to the person. And, you know, listen and be prepared uh, to follow up. And, uh, you know, you have to be patient. You have to be patient and uh, you have to want to be a good listener, be a creative listener, so to speak. So uh, those are just a few of my thoughts on doing successful interviews. And I think that uh, you have to you have to want to learn. You have to want to actively learn and soak up as much information as you can. I know in baseball, uh, one of the best ways uh, to learn is by hanging around the batting cage. You can find some great nuggets at the batting cage, and sometimes you'll be asked to, you know, interview folks at the batting cage and. Uh, you can, uh, you can find out all kinds of nuggets and stories, uh, and uh, I find that that's, that's invaluable. Basketball, you can go to the shoot-arounds. Hockey, you have morning skate. I'm sure in football also uh, there are opportunities to, uh, to do interviews. But, uh, you know, you have to find the style that works for you, but, uh, again, uh, I think there are different ways to approach it. And uh, remember to have an objective and... Uh, Keep it short, keep it short and have fun with it. So uh, not all broadcasters uh, are great at it, but we can always uh, get better at it through time. And I know it's a skill that, uh, that I've uh, learned to embrace and uh, try to get better at. And again, uh, you want to uh, avoid statements uh, and ask questions instead. Draw out those uh, personalities, extract original thoughts and... Uh, Lend some insight into uh, some uh, aspects that the fan might not be aware of, but that the fan might be thinking about. So I hope this has been uh, informative for you. I'd like to tell you about next week's uh, episode. We're going to be visiting with a very good friend, a gentleman who has done American Hockey League play-by-play uh, -play for the Manchester Monarchs for several years. He's a good friend of mine. Uh, his name is Ken Kale. We'll uh, visit with Ken next week. I'll be actually in New Hampshire uh, doing that podcast. And with Ken, uh, some of the things we're going to chat about, uh, we're going to uh, first talk about his uh, history a little bit in the business. And trust me, it is a long and illustrious history. You're going to love uh, hearing about uh, Ken and his background. And uh, we're going to talk about hockey play-by-play -play a little bit as well. We're going to compare notes. We're going to compare stories. And uh, Ken's going to give you his thoughts on uh, hockey play-by-play. -play. You know, throughout the course of the podcast, I'm going to try and talk to different people about uh, sports-specific play-by-play. So uh, my goal is to visit with as many people that have done the play-by-play in the business and kind of pick their brains and share their thoughts. And so we'll start with hockey because that's the sport that I've done the most it's a sport that uh, I'm most familiar with. We'll also do some baseball, play-by-play, -play, football, and uh, some basketball as well. 
and uh, we'll touch on all those topics. And we'll also, uh, at some point down the road, we're also going to talk about color analysts, and uh, we'll, we'll uh, talk about the role of the color analyst, and uh, I'll have an interview with uh, uh, an analyst that, uh, that I've worked with, and I'm not going to spill the beans on that. That's for a future episode. But anyway, uh, I hope you have enjoyed this issue of Airing It Out, Files from Leahy's Locker Room. And again, I invite you to tune in next week uh, to as we chat with Ken Kale, a longtime play-by-play uh, -play voice of the AHL's Manchester Monarchs and host of uh, Kale and Company uh, on uh, the radio and internet. And also, uh, please, if you haven't had a chance to uh, go back and listen to uh, the previous episodes that I've recorded, I encourage you to do that. There's some great uh, content there. I've talked about everything from uh, memory techniques to uh, the effect that broadcasting has on our spouses. Uh, we've uh, talked a, a little bit about uh, my travels and broadcast experience and, uh, you know, uh, all sorts of great topics. So I invite you to uh, go back and listen uh, if you uh, want to go back. So again, uh, I want to sign off for now. That's been my uh, show on interviewing. And if you have any uh, questions or thoughts, you can send me a tweet, by the way. Also, I wanted to mention this. You can send me a tweet at J.R. Leahy, at J-R-L-E-A-H-Y, or you could email me at jlahey14 at comcast.net. If you have any feedback or any thoughts about future episodes, I'm always willing to uh, listen, and uh, uh, the more the merrier. So thanks again for tuning in. We will talk to you next week from New Hampshire when we visit with the voice of the Manchester Monarchs, Ken Kale. Thanks, everybody, and have a great week.